0: The Congressman Who Cried Wolf is now going to stand trial, but who's going to believe him this time? New York Congressman George Santos has admitted to stretching the truth. His mother didn't really die in the 9-11 attacks, and now he faces 13 federal charges. Wire fraud, money laundering, false statements to Congress, stealing public funds, 13 serious charges. But George Santos stood boldly before the cameras this past Wednesday saying he was an innocent man and that he looked forward to proving it before a jury. But much like the boy who cried wolf, it'll be hard to trust him. He's already admitted to lying about so many things, including not graduating from college, as well as not working for Citigroup Bank. So many in the political world find it hard to tell the truth. Oh, that we would put our faith in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And knowing the truth will set you free indeed. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a two-week-long series called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. On our weekday series over the past two weeks... We've looked at the miracles that Christ performed on his earthly ministry and how those miracles show us who he was. Jesus was God in the flesh, and he came to free captives. So when he healed a blind man or cast out a demon, he was showing the world that he was God, the Lord Almighty, the Lord over all things. But we also looked at his sermons, his teaching. And when he went into a synagogue and delivered a message heard around the world. Remember when he said that the scripture in Isaiah he was reading from was fulfilled that very day? We heard his teaching on prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. We also looked to the most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Well, in these next minutes, we're going to turn our eyes to his final sermon there in the upper room just before his crucifixion. It's a message of encouragement And it was followed by a prayer of power that His Heavenly Father would protect and keep His sheep as He went to the cross. It's a sermon we need to think about today, so stay with me. But before we get to that great sermon, let me say thank you to everyone who's reached out to us over these last few weeks and asked for The Chosen, seasons one through three on DVD. We've been overwhelmed with the response and your generosity towards our ministry, I asked the show's creator, Dallas Jenkins, to share with me about the concept for this TV series and where it came from.
1: I did a short film from my church's Christmas Eve service, and that was all it was intended to be. It was a short film about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And while I was making it, I realized, you know, there's, there's been movies and miniseries about the life of Christ, but there's never actually been a multi-season show where you can really dig into the stories and into the details even more than you can when you're doing a movie and you're just going quickly from miracle to miracle and Bible verse to Bible verse. And so many people when they saw the short were so moved by seeing the birth of Christ through, uh, through the eyes of, of those who actually met him. Mm-hmm. And when you see a movie, oftentimes Jesus is the main character and you're not really able to connect with the people around him. And so I just thought that was a really interesting possibility. And that short film, very long story short, ended up being the catalyst for and the fundraiser of what turned out to be The Chosen.
0: The creator of the TV show The Chosen, Dallas Jenkins. He's currently on location right now working on The Chosen Season 4. But after this program, I want to give you an opportunity to get the three seasons. that are already out. The third is just released on TVT for your generous support of Haven Today. Many of the episodes are around 50 minutes in length, and it's a great way to remind yourself of the story of Jesus, or maybe even introduce someone to it for the very first time. I know you and those you love will not only enjoy this series, but will be pleasantly surprised to find your story in the lives of those who Christ called to himself. It's a fresh and unique way to see and love the gospel of Jesus Christ. So after the program, would you visit us at haventoday.org, where you can watch excerpts from the series, as well as listen to our Great Stories podcast, and you can hear there my full interview with the creator, Dallas Jenkins. And then you can make your minimum gift for the bundle of seasons one through three on DVD. We have it in our warehouse. We can get it out to you right away. Just go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us in a few minutes at eight hundred sixty-five 65 haven eight hundred sixty-five 65 haven And if you'd just like to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And now, we open this program with a Matt Redman song.
2: Oh, the perfect Son of God In all His and walking in the dark with you and me He knows what living is He's acquainted with our grief man of sorrow, son of suffering Blood and tears How can it be? There's a God who weeps There's a God who bleeds Oh, praise the one Who would reach for me Hallelujah To the Son of Suffering Son, imagine you Our distant end Chased us down in merciful pursuit To the sinner you were grace And the broken you embraced And in the end the proof is in your wounds Yes, in the end Jesus Glory to God How can it be That there's a God who weeps There's a God who bleeds Oh, praise the one Who would reach for me Sing hallelujah To the son of suffering Who gave up his life Hallelujah To the son of suffering Sing hallelujah to the Son of Suffering. Your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise King Jesus. Glory to God in heaven. Your blood still speak. Oh, it's your love. Is still reaching. Give your praise. Give glory to God.
0: brand new album by Matt Redmond called Lamb of God, and that was Son of Suffering, opening this haven today called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. I'm Charles Morris. There were sermons, there were miracles, teaching, healing, glory revealed. This is what Jesus in his earthly ministry was all about, showing signs to show who he was and then revealing his glory, not just through the signs. But also through his teaching and preaching. And this is what the Apostle John was doing when he wrote his gospel. Any commentary on the book of John worth its salt will tell you that John's gospel is split in half. There's the book of signs, and then there's the book of glory. The first book ends with chapter 11, the second book goes through to the end of the gospel. Now, we know that numbers figure pretty heavily in the book of John. Seven times, Jesus declares, I am, ego, me, in Greek, in each of those statements reflecting his identity as the great I am, linking him with God the Father in heaven. I am who came to liberate my people from slavery in Egypt. Jesus was declaring in those I am's that he was God. He's the Lord. And to follow him is to follow the God of Israel. And in the book of John, there are seven signs. Seven times Jesus worked a miracle to show his power, his grace, and his compassion on those who suffer. He turned the water into wine. He healed the official's son. He healed that paralytic at the pool of Bethesda that you can still see today in Jerusalem. And he fed 5,000 people on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He walked on water, on that same body of water, and he healed a man who was born blind. All leading to his seventh sign, raising Lazarus from the dead with just a word. You remember the story. Lazarus, come out, was all Jesus needed to say. And Lazarus, the dead man, came to life and came out of his tomb. Seven signs. This last one, a foreshadow of what he himself would do to show his glory. We call it resurrection. And it's interesting that John never called them miracles. He called them signs. He called them signs because he wanted to make clear that the things Jesus did in his earthly ministry pointed to something else, something greater. They were not magic tricks. And they were not just some benevolent power helping somebody who he felt sorry for. Sometimes we think God is like that, don't we? That God does things for us simply because he takes pity on us. He feels bad for us. Maybe he even does it begrudgingly because he's annoyed with how terrible or how messed up we are. But Jesus, with his signs, shows us something else. These signs show us a loving Lord who cares for us and welcomes us, who comes to us to heal, but also to redeem Every sign pointed to Jesus, our God, Jesus, our Lord. And then after Lazarus, the signs were completed, a perfect number. It was now time for Jesus to step into the light and to be shown to be who he truly was. And he began to teach his disciples. And I want us to look briefly at the final sermon that Jesus ever preached on earth. This was his last recorded sermon. And he delivered it on the night that he was betrayed. He delivered it there in that upper room of 11 disciples. Judas had already left. John tells us it was night. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Judas went out at night. One person walked into the room at night, an unbeliever, and left the room, a devoted follower of Christ. The other started in the room at night as a disciple and then left the room at night as a bitter enemy, even a traitor. Judas had gone out, and Jesus then began his sermon. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews... So I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, we call that the upper room discourse because it took place in the moment after Jesus and his disciples had shared a Passover meal one final time before he died. His entire goal was to dispel fear. Do not fear. You just heard that more than once. Let not your hearts be troubled. He knew what they were going through, he knew that they were frightened. They were scared about what would happen to them if their leader Jesus were taken away from them. They were upset, thinking that Jesus would abandon them. So, in a way, they were just like you and me. We get scared, don't we? We get frightened and we worry. We are anxious about our spiritual health. We're concerned about our own lives. We worry about our suffering. We wonder what would happen if things got worse. We think about that maybe God has already left us because things don't seem to be able to get any worse. But Jesus, in that upper room, reassured his disciples, and he reassures us. He says he's going to prepare a place for us. Jesus was going to be crucified within hours. He was going to be raised in new life. And then he was going to ascend to his Father. But when he did, he told his disciples, I am going to prepare a place for you. One of my colleagues here at Haven today told me a story of his grandfather, Stanley. Stanley was a World War II veteran. He was at Pearl Harbor on the day it was attacked. And when he got home he married his love, Elizabeth. They called her Betty. Stanley was a lumberjack by trade, and he spent weeks, sometimes months out in the woods, finding then cutting down trees, then hauling them back, the first thing he did was build his family their home. It took him over a year to perfect his home, but he was preparing it for his family. He took care to make sure every board was in the right place, that the house would last for a very long time. That house is still standing today. All these years later, Jesus, in the upper room, was reassuring his disciples with something like that. I'm leaving you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Well, he left. He ascended into heaven. And even today, Jesus is hard at work preparing that place. He knows what we need. He cares about what we care about. And he cares for us. And when he returns, and we pray he comes back soon because he said he would... He said, you will be with me. He's going to prepare the place for his family. And we are his family, the children of the Lord, those whom he has called out of darkness into marvelous light. And when he does come back, he will then lead us to that place. He'll show it to us. He'll lead us to our room, our house. And we get to live with him though. And we get to live with one another forever. So my advice to you today, let not your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Turn to the Lord. Turn to Christ. Believe in Jesus and receive his all abundant grace.
3: been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And I am revealing the Father to you now, Jew and Gentile. What is stirring in your hearts in the middle of such division and unrest is Father God being revealed to you. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
0: This is Haven Today in a program called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. And you just heard an excerpt from the final episode of season three from The Chosen, where Jesus was preaching some of his most famous words. And of course, you probably recognize them from Matthew 11. And just before that, We heard that wonderful worship song based on a hymn from Sovereign Grace, Turn Your Eyes. The Chosen TV series is powerful. Yes, there's been some creative license taken with the gospel narratives, but Dallas and his evangelical Bible-believing Christian writing team seek to be faithful to the scriptures. I think they've done that. It's kind of like watching the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, that epic rooted in the Bible. But when you watch the chosen, you'll be encouraged that Jesus is still calling people to him from all over the world to be his sheep. It's a great tool of encouragement for Christians, as well as a way to share Christ and the gospel with those that you want to share the story of Jesus with. So for your gift to this listener supportive ministry. I'd like to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. You can go visit our website now. You can watch some excerpts from The Chosen. You can take a look at the video that I shot with Dallas and then make your gift at haventoday.org haventoday.org Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN 800-65-HAVEN And if you just want to get the new season of just season three on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time, when again together we'll be sharing the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with jesus i'm charles morris with haven ministries inviting you to anchor your day in god's word coming up in the next few weeks a popular time in west michigan it's the tulip time festival this festival in holland michigan boasts over five million tulips in a variety of colors all in full bloom it takes months of preparation as well as some favorable weather conditions If it's too cold this late in the year, the tulips won't be ready to bloom. In God's perfect plan, the arrival of Jesus on earth took not months, but years. Paul tells us in Galatians 4, 4 and 5, when the time had fully come, God sent his son to redeem those under the law. God used the conditions of the world, even the rule of the Roman Empire, to bring salvation in Christ. You'll see Jesus more clearly through time in God's word visit getanchor.com.